Hello my lovely podcast friends, how are you doing, how's your life moving on, are we heading towards the moments of profitability and high energy that you like or not? Well, it is a short week for us all, for us all, because we had a few days of Christmas holidays and celebrations in the Netherlands and that was really funny and yummy. Um, so I'm gonna talk with you about Christmas, what I've done on Christmas, Christmas Eve, because I got some great scoops for you and things that you need to know and need to think about, so let me know what you think about it. But also, and it's a more important thing, I'm working on a free report. You can find it on hofprofit.com slash 2018. And it's just an outlook and how do I look at the world? What do I think about it? And more of those things. It's a freebie. You can get it for free. Uh, just go there, download it. It has a few coupons. And uh, this week we're going to basically talk about all the things that I think that's going to happen in the world. And that's it. <laughs> it's, it's a short week. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of pleasure. At least I think it's pleasure. And... Well, let me know what you think about it. You can always send me a tweet. You can tweet me at Lodewijkhof or you can leave a message below the SoundCloud page. Social media is here. S Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, Weibo, Blogging, LinkedIn, Swan, Google+. But how to use them in your advantage? Get yourself the social media export course. It's the smart point to use all social media in your advantage without burning all your time. Hofprofit.com slash SMM. I say Hofprofit.com slash SMM. Yeah, let's begin with Christmas evening, the Eindhoven style. So in Eindhoven, they use the, the hashtag, hashtag feel the vibe on Twitter. So I would say simply share the podcast with this hashtag because it's going to be fun. Uh, Christmas Eve in Eindhoven also always means that there is an uh, awakening and people are walking with some candles to against the violence and against discrimination and more of those things. Really nice things, and because our city council elections are heading up, so there are some uh, the elderman of healthcare was there to speech. Not the mayor. The mayor thought it was not really needed and unwanted. And to be honest, I can't blame him. It's a de I can't blame him. It's a declining event. It's slowly reducing in impact. Uh, it happened after racial violence, and all over Europe it happened. And now only in Eindhoven we got it. So that's a really sad thing. Um, having that said, and. Uh, the interesting part is about the elder man of healthcare. She is incompetent, she is on healthcare not functioning, and everything she touched and tried was failing. But And they don't have money for uh, stuff for disabled people, like uh, a wheelchair, or they don't have the money to fix uh, uh, bricks in the, the restaurants and the walking areas. But the city of Eindhoven does have money for chocolates in the, f in the, uh, in the size of a light bulb. Yeah, well, you need to put your priority prioritize your money, especially if you are like the city of Eindhoven and you're losing over 50 million a year. So, it's just that I would say from <laughs> get your priorities straight. It's just the way that I would go for it. But yeah, well, that's why I'm not active in the local politics because I rather achieve something. But on the other side, 2,000 before tax a month for doing nothing. It's not too bad. Now, so we had that. Um, I uploaded the interview uh, I had with Dow on uh, Spanish real estate. So let me know what you think about that. Uh, you can find it all on the uh, just it's just a show below it. So just press it, play, and it's fun. And the when I came back, there was uh, I heard that there was a big fight at the neighbors. It are the same neighbors that are bullying me and are basically 
got a city of Eindhoven violate private property, got some socialistic or communistic uh, power. You have to live like the government uh, style. Uh, people like Joyce Corson is all on it. So that's what's happening, and he caused that. Uh, he's he lied frequently, and he's working in education. And his kids were having fight. All three kids were together, and they had a fight. And in a great peaceful consideration of the birth of Jesus Christ and the idea of no violence, they decided to have a fight and throw with furniture at each other. And the police drop by, and I'm pretty certain that they're gonna blame me. And that's gonna be really cool. That's gonna be so fun. And because this will give strength in my case against them. And slowly on, I'm building my case. And don't worry, I will hit back. And I will hit back, back. Those so bloody hard you can't remember. And it's interesting because what you see, everyone knows when you have kids, they, they hit, kids hit puberty. Then the hormones start to uh, rush to the body and to the brains, and you're gonna have problems with the kids. That's what why the kids are there for. And yeah, you, I say so that the kids are there for because everyone who's having kids knows puberty is giving you problems. And this is an area where everyone says, for yeah, all the kids are gonna hit puberty, so we just shut up. And if you have financial problems, that's really sad for you. We don't engage. Unfortunately for him, the, he had to fight. He's having problems with me and. I normally don't engage, and I normally don't put you even deeper in the problems, but in this case, I make an exception to prove the way I am. So, and it's gonna be interesting, because he has, he owns a boat, the boat is being moved to another place, and yes, I told the repo guys where the boat is, or at least who owns the place where the boat is, so <laughs> they can take us from there. Really friend me of you, don't you think so? <laughs> but he's working with kids in the educational system, at a Christian elementary school. And now I have the first question. How is it possible that a Christian school is hiring someone who is not living the way a Christian person should do? I mean, they can simply say, we want you to live the Christian way. And is fighting and throwing with furniture someone who cannot control his kids and is having to face this? Is that someone who, you, who, you, who do you trust to work with your kids? And to allow your kids to accelerate and achieve their ultimate freedom and the ultimate thing and be themselves? Do you... I mean, I think that every kid should be themselves and develop themselves and become the best possible them they are. But is a guy who has his own kids throwing with furniture, who is not capable of giving a stable and safe environment to his kids what they need? Is that the right person for the educational system? I don't know, not in my opinion, but that's my opinion. Uh, what do you think about it? And the more interesting part is, how would you deal with this? I mean, no, I, it, was not, it was not me who called the police, and I would definitely not lie about it, because, what well, lying is bad, and even if the if the things are, uh, that you say is not what you, love, what you like to hear, if you just say the truth, at least you get uh, respect for saying the way it is. And in this case, I would simply consider it as an honor to be the guy who did it, but <laughs> I'm not. And if I look at all the people, if I, I, will, I made a list of all the people who can do it, or could have been done, well, it's a list of 40 people, so not that popular. And no, I'm not saying that I'm the highest popular guy, just <laughs> I just say everything to about everyone. That makes That's not going to make you popular in the world. That's gonna uh, end your life pretty soon, and I'm pretty sure that this is also the way my life will end, but there's no problem. That's the path, uh, the path I've chosen, so worst case, someone shoots me. Well, something new. Um, but what do you think? Uh, you can send me send a tweet, and I would like to ask you to simply share this podcast on your Twitter, on your Facebook, on your LinkedIn. 
and there is a reason for it i want to get this viral because we need it's time that someone steps up and thinks about kids i mean i'm thinking about four-year-old kids who need safety who need security and this guy is, is failing to create a safe stable environment at his own life so uh simply put it out uh, on the on the hashtag feel the vibe and let's see and send it to the city of Eindhoven. Let's see what's happening. That's gonna be funny and yummy, in my opinion. The Brexit is here. Article 50 is triggered. The talks are going on. Unprecedented change will happen. We know this, we know things for certain. The Brexit is a profit maker. At least if you are open for making some money. Get yourself the profitable Brexit report. It explains how the Brexit could happen, the economic fundamentals, finally also a few great methods to make some money on the Brexit. So are you a profit maker? Are you someone that's open-minded when it comes to making profits? Check hofprofit.com slash Brexit. And now it's time to have a look at the predictions I got for 2018. Don't forget, you can get the, the free prediction report. Um, it's called the 2018 report. So visit hofprofit.com slash 2018. It's free. You have uh, 250% and 175% coupon code in it. So it also contains high discounts. Really good for you. And I mean, I think it's really good for you because the report is more general insight on the trends I see and what's happening. And the reports I refer you to is more in-depth research that I say that's really good for you to check it out just go the extra mile I mean this is an educational thing and what I try to do with it is allow you and give you the methods and the insights to ask better questions so so on the insights um, on 2018 I will keep it to Brexit Europe Trump and Eindhoven and I say Eindhoven, it's my hometown. I spend most of my life in Eindhoven, so and I know most about it. And there are a lot of things to get who are terrible. And let me make a quick note about something that I need to do and check out. And let's begin on the Brexit side. As you know, I wrote a Brexit report. And what I'm going to do with the, uh, on the Brexit side, it is the only full year that we got. So we have 12 months for discussions and settling between the European Union and the British government. For me, it's a really big problem that Theresa May is a really weak leader. It would be really much better for her to step down, to let Boris Johnson take over control. That would be, it would be, first of all, it would be really fun. Secondly, Boris Johnson knows how to play the media, so he could get the message out. And the third thing is, he was openly supporting the Brexit. And you could say if you agree or disagree with the Brexit. Fact is, it's unprecedented. A big member state is leaving the European Union. It's not the first time that someone left. Greenland left the European Union. And if you look at the map, you know why Greenland left. I mean, they want to trade more with Iceland, Canada, and the United States. I mean, it's really great that people from Greenland can trade with Portugal. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it's, a long haul, it's a really long flight to Portugal. Well, it's a really short flight. And a road bo short boat trip to the United States, so it did make sense. And but the discussion of Greenland took three years, and it was just about fishing rights and fishing import export. And now we're gonna get, and now they figured out that there is no real deal about the oil and the energy and other natural resources who are in Greenland. And that means that basically 
Denmark, who owns Greenland as a colony, is gonna take it in great position. So, what we're gonna see now is on the to get it back to the Brexit. Uh, you will see, in my opinion, the pound will, the British pound will kept on the slow low uh, compared to the euro. This is to boost export. But at the same time, the European Union is having really big problems because who is Europe? If you need to call the European Union, who are you gonna call? Are you gonna call Angela Merkel? Are you gonna call Sarkozy? Are you gonna call Orlando? Uh, are you gonna talk Macron with his new movement? Who is the boss? Are you gonna call the British Queen? Because she also, her family is basically everywhere in Europe the boss. It's just that you say, no one is at the call. I mean, if you would call the United States and the boss is easy, call Trump. You can say something about Trump, but he is the boss. And what you're gonna see on the, what you see in Europe is I think that slowly on you will see more pressure and pushing towards a trade deal. The current deal that there is not good enough for the Brexiteers. So there is a big chance that in Parliament they would simply say, well, we'd rather have a hard Brexit. Hard Brexit means we end, we leave uh, and we go. It would cause a lot of problems. Uh, the border with Northern Ireland, fishing rights for the lazy French socialistic fishers and more of the things. And what is interesting about fishing routes, 23% of the complete British fish quota is, is in the hands of one Dutch boat. One Dutch boat. Mm, yeah, well, it's doing 23% of the British uh, fishing. It could, be it, it could make sense for them to get that boat on Brit on under the British flag. And so what you're going to see, definitely the, the, the British and the European economy are cooling down. Uh, most uh, the countries who are going to be hit the hardest are the Netherlands, Malta, Cyprus, Ireland, and in less extent Germany and Italy. For Germany, the big problem is what if the British say, "Well, we the Porsche is basically designed to live on the Canary Wharf, and uh, we're going to give you an additional fee of one million pound taxation if you want to buy a Porsche, a Mercedes, and uh, for the Italians a Ferrari." I mean, no one cares about a Lada. I mean, no one. I don't know anyone who really want to buy a Lada in the first place. <laughs> but the inter and for the Netherlands, well, the Netherlands is a really open economy and it's going to make a lot of problems and cause a lot of issues. But it's not that bad. I mean, I mean, let me be clear. Why I am a big supporter of the Brexit? A lot of the money that the British government uh, had to uh, pay to the uh, European Union went back to the United Kingdom. Why not start in the first place with spending the money in your own country? Simply reduce the number of government employees and, and spend the money more efficient. I mean, Brussels is really, really bureaucratic. It has a parliament who has nothing to say. It has... Let me give you an example. Uh, last time I was in Brussels, the European Union announced a real big campaign. It was called Enjoy is from Europe. And they were thinking, and they are thinking that, for example, free Wi-Fi in city centers is gonna help boost the ideas about the European Union. They think that high-speed rails, uh, uh, trains are gonna work, and they could work, but it has to make sense. And what you see now happening is that the British people said it doesn't work for us, so we leave, and the idea of the solidarity is gone. And at this moment, uh, it's the second day of Christmas, and when I'm recording this, on the, at this moment, people are still, and the, all the European leaders are one and united. But 
basically there are two European secret services who have a good c close eye at the refugee crisis and the situation in Syria. It is for the, the secret services from the United Kingdom and from Denmark. All the Balkan countries are depending on those two, count those two and they are working together. And that makes sense. I mean, why send two spies in the same organization? Well, actually, I would send two and from both sides because if one gets discovered, it would be a uh, tragedy. It would be uh, definitely a tragedy for the person because it would the person would get shot and that's terrible for them. And on the other side, get more insight. One person can get better insights on one side and the other. And on that side, you can get a lot of things done. And what you see is that the European Union is too small and too split up to get everything done. And l you see with Airbus, who is a Dutch company, or EADS, it's a Dutch company with French-German political influence, where basically the first three lines, the production and the developers, they can work together, but well, they, but for the rest, it's all politics and bureaucrats. We're staying, we're staying, we're subsidy from subsidy to subsidy, people are going. And what I think that the, the United Kingdom should do, and I doubt they are doing it because I just think that it's not really working. They should make it clear. So go sign a trade deal with New Zealand and Australia, China, and India and Japan. The trade deal should be really easy. Uh, we, we go over free trade, no barriers with any other, and we respect each other's laws. So, yeah. And Simply say to every country in the world, if you want to make this deal with us, let's you can make the deal. Then we go for free trade. And free tr and I say uh, respect each other's laws. You can say that laws of a country are good or are bad. That's fine. That's your choice. But simply respect them. If you're a woman and you don't want to wear a niqab, don't go to Saudi Arabia. That's what I say. It's, it's not that I say that it's good or bad. Yeah, okay, Saudi Arabia is a bad regime, but that's for the second podcast. That's for tomorrow. Um, it's more... That you have to look at what's happening on the, over that side, and definitely the British real estate prices are gonna cool down. So that means, and that doesn't mean that it's bad. It means that you have a buying opportunity. London will remain London. You will see closely uh, being developed the, the projects in the United Kingdom. That the real problem for Europe will be on all the projects in the UK and in Europe. We are too tied up. I mean. Europe is working on Galileo. That's basically an, uh, the European alternative for GPS. Nothing wrong with it. But the space technology is based in the UK. Well, there are basically in Europe just a few companies who can make s underwater uh, submarines. It is basically... It, uh, the, the, the UK is one of the biggest NATO members. And they and what makes the United Kingdom from a geopolitical side really important they have a permanent seat on the, in the United Nations Security Council now what if the UK simply makes a deal with uh, the Russian government the Russian Federation say we're gonna do free trade uh, we're gonna start murdering each other people and we're gonna trade we can kill each other but trade will work a lot better it would drive a reverse on the European sanctions against Russia they would simply say that well hey guys um, we gonna give the the free trade yeah and the Crimea sorry Ukraine the Crimea now is for Russia I mean the European Union has a free trade deal with Ukraine great really nice for the people but wha what do we want to trade do we want to buy nuclear dust from the Chernobyl plant not really it would be handy because I mean Odessa cheap living sounds like a town I'm gonna love but what I was just wondering why not I make a free trade deal with India China it's just and then they say, well, yeah, well, we not benefit from it. Well, if you are the first one, 
And a prime example of problems that are gonna cause is that the British are building new nuclear power plants. The French are gonna do it. The same French who are doing this project in Finland, who is basically not functioning, not working, <laughs> and it's just a few billion over per budget. And the French could said, said, well, yeah, sorry, no offense, you're gonna leave the European Union, it's gonna cost you two billion more. And the Chinese said, well, we can do it for that price, we will build you the, power, the nuclear power plant, we can get you the fuel, we can get you everything done. And if what I do think is that the United Kingdom is on the position to become the hub for all Asia African companies. Because they are not tied up with all types of sanctions. I mean, it's really, yes, all the refugees want to go to the United Kingdom. That's why we have the jungle in Calais. But the jungle is a France. <laughs> I simply closed down the, the, tu the tunnel, where the, Euro the Eurostar tunnel, and, and the Eurotunnel is called. And you, and it's a pure French problem. It's really hard, but hey, if you want to screw. All the listeners love to making some money, but you will have to pay tax upon your money. But that's to change. You can save on your tax. Pay no tax. Completely legal. Start earning more money so you can take care for your beloved ones. So you can travel visa free. Get yourself the tax free passport. Get yourself the starting point to a tax-free lifestyle. A lifestyle which is an ultimate freedom. Hofprofit.com slash passport. I say Hofprofit.com slash passport. Yeah, and from the Brexit is definitely a really short step to the European Union. So I will have a quick look at what I think what's going to happen in Europe. First of all, the European Union, because let me, let's face it, the continent of Europe is bigger than the European Union. Uh, the European Union will see more of the same. Uh, you will see that more and more far-right parties are gaining momentum. You see, it in, you see it in the Netherlands, you see it in, in Belgium, in Austria they are ruling. You see it in... And what you basically are seeing now at the moment is that you have Eastern Europe, Eastern parts of the European Union and the Central part of the European Union. They are really, especially on the refugee crisis, they are saying, no, it's not going to happen. You have at the same time countries, you have Germany, well Germany has definitely an historical debt to pay to the human uh, race and to the humanity, so they will be keep letting everyone in. And you got France who is has so much things to do and so much problems rather in the society and in the economy that they have are facing problems to check it out and solving it. And the biggest thing, the biggest challenge for the European Union is definitely the Brexit because let me say it like this, what if the British Secret Service is no longer sharing information about terrorism and refugees? What if, there, uh, if, they, are, if they are reducing their support and a military access in the European Union and scaling up in other sides of the world? I mean, so that's one side. Uh, Europe is, in my opinion, the continent where the third World War III will start. First of all, World War One and World War Two were basically fought in the European in the continent of Europe. So that side is a safe bet to make. On the other side, you see that wars happen by accident, and it sounds maybe stupid. And you could, but just think about it. The British Secret Service hired, uh, I think, or not hired, armed a few students in Bosnia Herzegovina. Those students were nationalists. Those students needed a few attempts to kill the royal family of Austria-Hungary. That was the starting point of the First World War. A few students with an old gun and a few bombs. It was a big disaster. Uh, if you look at what happened in the attack, it didn't work well. 
the Second World War, Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin divided Poland. And you could say that's good or bad, but that was the starting point of the Second World War. I, th I don't think that any of them would have done it. Well, maybe Stalin would have done it, because he was buying time. But it was the Second World War. And so, uh, my guess is at the moment that the Third World War will happen due to something that happens in Ukraine or Lithuania. And then, once again, it's an accident. I can remember a few years ago, it was on a uh, military newsletter that I'm reading. There was a message that a uh, supply train of the Russian army was struck with uh, en the uh, engine failure. The train was no longer moving, but there were soldiers in the train, guns. The train was in Lithuania, was middle in U Lithuania, and Lithuania is a NATO member. And the government of Lithuania was afraid that they were going to get attacked by the Russian government. So they started calling the NATO, and they were ready to get all the NATO members in and say, get sent all the NATO soldiers in. Hmm. That's one thing. And it was just an engine failure. The locomotive, the train, had the engine had a problem. That's it. But we were at that moment on the verge of a world war. And on that side, it is just really dangerous. If you look at, and then especially Russia, China, and India have formed a military pack, a military uh, partnership. So that's gonna cause problems. And then. I don't think that the, this, is a t this is a really healthy situation, it's an accident, we, we are waiting for the accident to happen. We are waiting for the moment that someone does something stupid. And who it is going to be, I don't know. Within the European Union there are no lunatics, I mean, we have Franz Timmermans, of the, who is a Dutch uh, co-head of the uh, European Union Commission. He is really a supporting of Europe, he, he is a member of the Knights of Malta. But if you see what he is posting on Facebook in Dutch about it, and I always think, "Van oh my goodness, if this is true, which I'm not sure about, then this is terrible. And his official Twitter account has the same name. And I asked his PR guys about it for the podcast to so check it out, because if it is serious and I'm going to go over it every day again and again, I will post about it and just express what's happening and what terrible things he's saying. But... So that's one of the things in Europe. Uh, you will see that there is no uh, real integration in the European Union. For example, France is refusing to connect uh, Spain and Portugal uh, on a proper way with the grid. Because the renewable energy, especially solar energy, could be a major threat to the France nuclear sector. So that's a problem. No one is talking... So if you look at, all, look at climate change, this is something that could really make a big impact. But it doesn't. If you, if I then look, simply look at the areas, uh, let's say the British Isles, so the United Kingdom, Ireland, uh, the Isle of Man, Jersey, Guernsey, and the other Channel Islands, uh, they are all going to get about Brexit and taxation. Ireland is a low-tax jurisdiction for American companies, and it's the business model of Ireland. So that's it. Once uh, if the European Union, like it is trying now, killing its uh, the uh, Irish uh, competitiveness then it basically brings Ireland back to the poverty and starvation. And that's not really a great thing. The low-tax jurisdictions, Channel Islands, uh, so Jersey, Guernsey, Isle of Man, they will survive because they are low-tax jurisdiction and money goes where it's treated best. Side effect is that housing in those areas is really tough and their economy is really depending on the United Kingdom. And the United Kingdom is gonna get Brexit, Brexit, Brexit and instability. So. That would mean for me that in the United Kingdom I would look at domestic airlines, uh, hotels in the exclusive high-end segment, and at the 
companies who are engaged in trading with other parts of the world than Europe. So Africa, Latin America, Northern America, Asia. Because that's where, the, where I think that the great advantages uh, are going to get from the profit sector on that side. If we look at Germany, they are going to work with a coalition government. It's going to get tough. Could be that they're going to get new elections. It's really going to get tough. I've, and I think it's, it's not going to work. And the problem is that, in effect, Angela Merkel is the boss of the European Union. She controls it. So, the daughter of, the, of, a, of a man of God who lived under communism is the boss of Europe. So, <laughs> it's a freaking idea. Uh, Belgium will definitely get major benefits from the One Belt, One Market, the Silk Road project from China. For sure, I can see at the moment the, is this country benefiting and getting most investments from it, next to Greece. Uh, all the southern European countries are technical bankrupt and they had to default. It's sooner or later going to happen. And where if you re remember, Greece is was only a few percent of the European economy and we could not find a solution. And the solution that was freaked out was designed not to work, but to cater and suit for political needs. So that is a big, pr and that is really the big problem. If you are gonna go to invest in Europe, then in general, I'm gonna say go invest in the Brexit because the Brexit is gonna make you so could you make you some money. Uh, go for Switzerland and have a look if you and if you wanna buy real estate, go for a low tax jurisdiction. So why not have buy an, uh, some real estate in Andorra, San Marino, Monte Carlo, Monaco, Liechtenstein, Switzerland. I think that there are the great opportunities and if you want to live somewhere in Europe and climate is not really important for you, so the weather I mean, then definitely my go-to would be Finland. But I would never say that you have to base your uh, tax, locate yourself there for taxation reasons. And that reason is easy. Taxation air is extremely high, extremely tough. And you need to, get, you need to check that out. And why pay that money? Uh, the, the, the three Baltic states are gonna live with the threat of Russia, with a major Russian population. And thanks to the incompetence of the NATO, the Russians have a political argument to, uh, to launch a campaign in those countries. And when I say incompetence, uh, if you go back at the war in Kosovo, then the NATO said that we have a responsibility to protect this minority. And that's what this gave, literally, the Russian government is now the opportunity to say from, well, for example, Lithuania, 40% of the population is Russians, is, Russia, is from Russian origin. If the government of Lithuania treats them really badly, the, the Russian government can say, we need to have a responsibility to protect, we're gonna take action. But I don't think that the Russian government is gonna launch military campaigns in the Baltic states, and the reason is easy. Why would they? All the, ba all the Baltic airlines are gonna are bankrupt, almost bankrupt, or heading towards bankruptcy, so Aeroflot can take that market. Most of the railroads are already owned by the Russian government, and if you say, well, well they have a harbor um, for military strategic goals, well, why not build a harbor around it? I wouldn't make it so tough. Why start a, a really expensive war? Why start a war if you can work around it? I mean, <laughs> it's a lot cheaper. I mean, uh, war is a great profit moment, but it is also extremely expensive. Well, then it's time to have a look at Ukraine, the country where there is an active military conflict. 
and that conflict is my bet at the moment where it will go wrong in Europe. And I say so because I think that there is the big problem. This is the issue. And then we have, basically we have a government who is corrupt, uh, no matter who, who is running the government. It's a corrupt, they are corrupt. One, one take the bribe from the European Union, one take the bribe from the Russian side. So it's not really working. They are on an IMF deal, they need to do a lot of things that's not gonna work well. And what is the worst thing is that everyone is sending guns and supplying all sides. And I'm just wondering why should the American taxpayer get engaged into a war in the, in the, in the center of Europe, which basically is nothing about, who cares? I mean, if I look at the Ukrainian economy, then and if, then I, we have the West, who is really supporting the West, and you have the East, who is supporting the Russian side. And this is the big issue for... Uh, the country is divided to the bone. It's 49-49. So, that's one thing. That Putin took the Crimea is something that's maybe from a legal perspective not, uh, not good, but I can understand it. Because this is only one water basis, and it's the basis that he needs for his operation in Syria. And that country is gonna join the NATO. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna happen. <laughs> not a good move. So I can understand it. And for Donetsk, I don't. I don't think that he really cares about Donetsk. And the reason is easy. There's nothing really strategic. There's nothing that makes sense for him. There's nothing that's that's important. Yeah, and big iron industry and a big industry with uh, heavy in heavy industry. Yeah, well, the Russians have more of it, so that's not really the thing. Okay, they take a competitor out, but Poland is bigger. Um, so, no, I don't think that that's a tough thing. Then, if I look at Lugansk, I understand it immediately. Within a second, I can understand it. And the reason is easy. Lugansk was, when it was part of the, uh, when it was in the Soviet Union, was where the researchers for the nuclear and the hydrogen weapon program were living. So, the people who can make an atomic bomb, the people who can make a hydrogen bomb, for the Soviet Union, were around that area. And it makes, if you think about it, it makes sense because just around the border is Rostov, and that is where the space research and the military space research was happening. So if you you need to bring those nerds together, let the nerds and the professors develop new ideas and new weapons, and that makes sense. But and then Donetsk, so and so that's what makes sense. And I think that the West went a bridge too f simply went too far and went the bridge too far by getting. Ukraine in the NATO, they should have not do it, and I don't think it's a good move to get Ukraine in the NATO. I even, I even, when we had a referendum in the Netherlands about it, I voted against it because I thought that yeah, free trade is great, but I rather have a free trade deal with China, <laughs> that makes more sense to me than with Ukraine. And that the president of the Ukraine is at the moment engaged in all types of tax evasion scandals, that makes him actually better for me. I mean, I don't support taxation at all. I think taxation is is, is Stealing from the people who produce and who work, and that's if so. If the president is do is not allowing people to steal his money, it would make that will make sense for me. The only sad, sad thing is that he need to. He is dependent on Russian energy imports. He has an inefficient country, bureaucracy, and there was a great book about why there is no IKEA in Ukraine. It is just it makes it's just a corruption. And that says the guy who is very likely to spend a few months in Kiev uh, and traveling through the Donbass. Oh dear. <laughs> I just think that my life expectancy is being reduced by another six to seven years. Now, um, the and the big, really big problem in Europe is just that there is not one voice. There is not one message. I mean, if for example, Aeroflot says we're gonna 
base. Uh, we're gonna set up a base for flights to Latin America. We're gonna bring down their 25 white body aircraft made in Russia, and they're gonna fly from one place in Europe, let's say, in a, to Russia and to Latin America. Every country in Europe will fight for it. So it could be that, for example, they say we're gonna fly to Madrid. There, have a stopover, and there fly, fly to Latin America, or they say in Portugal, or they say Italy. They could even say simply Greece, or for my part, they say, well, we're gonna fly to Brussels, and we get and we do that on that way every half hour departure. It would, and it, uh, I give this example because it shows you why Europe is failing. I have my company incorporated in China, and if I set up a, a division in Europe, which I will, which I will do. Then you see cities and governments are fighting for the location. It's interesting to see. I mean, you get things like subsidies, two years of your office rent, your, your salary bill is being paid for. It is really interesting to see how you can play the governments. Uh, and the government and the politicians don't recognize this. It's, it makes no sense. And then you get ultimately that towns and governments are collapsing. And that means we only have two predictions for 2018 uh, in this podcast. You can check out the uh, predictions report, hofprofit.com slash 2018. It happened. The United Kingdom is leaving the European Union. The people have spoken and created an unprecedented happening. This creates great investment opportunities. They are outlined in the Profitable Brexit report. You can find it at hofprofit.com slash profitablebrexit and during the introduction week you'll receive a 50% discount. So join the highway to profitable Brexit momentum hofprofit.com slash profitablebrexit. Yeah, let's have a look on Trump, the president of the United States. He has been elected and first of all, I don't think that he's going to get impeached. And the reason is easy. Uh, it's too tough to get him impeached. And... What you say basically is, we're gonna impeach the President of the United States, then there has, should be a criminal fact. Well, you can say he should release his tax returns, but that's not law. There is no law that says that the President has to release his tax returns. And if he, let's say that he was playing, uh, he was working within the law and was engaged in tax evasions, that makes sense. I mean, tax is a crime. Well, and now he got the tax, tax reform in, so one, one of his big promises he just achieved it. The second thing that he needs to achieve now is getting factories in the so-called blue-collar states in the state that, that are always voting democratic, but voted for him because there was a big mess, a lot of poverty, and they need to solve the poverty. And the poverty cannot be solved by the government, that poverty has to be solved by new factories. Now, if you take, if you look then that Alibaba has 15 billion already for investments, and those investments are all going to be in infrastructure, is to see that Foxconn agreed to produce more in the United States. And you see that there are more programs to attract foreign business and more foreign investment. To give you an idea, a few years ago I was asked if I want to participate in the purchase of a radio station in rural Utah. It is a market below, the area below uh, Salt Lake City, Town Square. And I was interested in it, I got the money on the bank. Well, then I could get this podcast on radio, that would be a good start. Just look at it. And basically, because I'm an American citizen, I would have to file a request. I then need to get a license. And then it would be too bureaucratic for me to do it, so that's why I did not do it. And 
Trump is now basically changing it and slowly on. But reducing the rules and the red tape, you will get more investments. I mean, that person that asked me about it, uh, yeah, now looking at what's happening, and very likely I will bring my podcast via him on the radio, and then get some markets and get some guests and get that going. But, but, but people forget about Trump. I always say it easy. You have two types of America. You have the big city. The people in the big city eat a feta salad where they want to have a cappuccino with soya milk and they want to have fair trade sustainable products. This is their lunch. On the other side you have people who are drinking a can of uh, beer with some spare from the barbecue and the grill. When the beer can is empty they shoot it. For the fun. That's their lunch. And it, before you say talk to me that one side is better than the others, I don't say so. I don't think so. I don't say that what is better, it's the difference. And what you see, it are two completely divided areas, and the European Union have made a threat to split it up. Yeah, but what's not going to happen? Let's say that, and I don't think that the United States is going to fall apart because they don't allow it to happen. And that said, I mean, I would say that give the people a choice that would make sense to me. But then, definitely, I'm not a politician. I just think about what we need to do and how to solve the problems. And the big problem in the United States is the unemployment and the poverty. I mean, with 40 million people, and at the same time I'm uh, getting myself a couple uh, glass of uh, jasmine tea with green herbs in it. So really healthy, for, good for my detox. But if you look, 40 million people are on food stamps. That's not a sign that the, uh, that's not a sign that's gonna great. The only reason that the unemployment rate is going down is that after 99 weeks of unemployment benefits, you're off. You're not in the books. That doesn't mean that you need work. If you look at the student loans, then people are taking a student loan because so then they can get food on the table. And ultimately what they're go gonna have to do is spend less, earn more. And for that are those factories and those investments really important. And now the big question, in my opinion, is what's going to happen. I'm not sure if he's going to build the wall uh, with Mexico. I do know that very likely they're going to make small parts. And it is an, I think it's really good that he's going to round up and kick out all the illegal aliens. And let me be clear why I think it's good. There are people who live there and they are playing it by the way. They go to the red rate, they go to the bureaucracy. They do everything that you need to do to be allowed to, to, allow, be allowed to live there. There are waiting list, people want to do it, and but the other people who are following the I don't hear anyone complaining about people who are following the But now, we have maybe also people who are not following the law. And why should you reward people who are violating the law by punish people who are following the law? This is something that we need to realize. I mean, it is insane. It, it, it just makes no sense. And where are we gonna have to end it up is that the election cycle for the next presidential election the start at the end of the next year or uh, this time in 2018 just after Christmas time and then I can tell you if I think that Trump is going to be re-elected at this point I would say yes and the reason is easy he had two major election promises he kept one uh, he is the sitting president so he can simply say we are working on fixing all the problems but I can't do everything at once so help me and uh, let me finish the job and if he says so, then people are intending to always give him the chance to follow it. And then, what that's mean is, ultimately, 
from a central banking perspective, the monetary policy that they are now following, they have to keep following. And that's really sad because the quantitative easing program is not working. Because, but the other side, the, the economy and the government are addicted to cheap loans. And they should kick those cheap loans out and basically get uh, GDP plus 4%. That's an inter that's a reasonable bond loan and get it out. So, and now what, so that's basically what I'll think about Trump. And what the great thing is about the United States, the economy and the country is always reinventing itself. And you can say that you disagree with Trump. That's fine. Disagree with Trump. Disagree with his policies. But he is the president and he is elected the democratic way at least the way that they elect people there and on that system i i'm really i do think that the system is good because otherwise you would have the people in the cities who are determining how the people on the rural area had to live i i have a secret that's completely different it's not gonna work to enforce people to eat sustainable and fair trade well, as a feta salad, well, normally they ate meat, uh, they ate meat, yeah. The difference in lifestyle is too big. And it, uh, this is gonna be the year of the truth for me in the United States. So I'm gonna make some, definitely I'm gonna make some steps in the US and we're gonna have to see how that goes. And if you keep listening, then you will know how it goes. All the listeners love to making some money. But you will have to pay tax upon your money. But that's to change. You can save on your tax. Pay no tax. Completely legal. Start earning more money so you can take care for your beloved ones. So you can travel visa free. Get yourself the tax free passport. Get yourself the starting point to a tax free lifestyle. A lifestyle which is an ultimate freedom. Hofprofit.com slash passport. I say Hofprofit.com slash passport. Yeah, it's time for the final outlook and that outlook goes over Eindhoven. Eindhoven is a town I've spent most of my time in. It's the town that I had of the last year a terrible relationship with. And we are slowly, uh, they are trying to keep promises and developing a better relationship with me. And we're gonna have city council elections. So that's also gonna be interesting. Uh, first of all, the problems in Eindhoven, it's easy. The city is technical bankrupt. The, uh, if you are a member of city council, you will make around the 2,000 euro before taxation. Um, it's really tough to pay the taxes with this, so that's really sad. They should basically pay it as a freelance uh, payment, I think. Then you can send it directly to an international bank account in a low tax jurisdiction. But... So the, the city is technical bankrupt. There is a big shortage of around 50,000 houses at the moment. And the economy is depending on a few companies. And this is basically the complete situation. And so what they should do, in my opinion, uh, they should stop spending more than they are getting in. At the moment, the city is, um, is spending around 50 million more a year than they get in euros. So I would start by simply cut 50 million let's let's cut 100 million in your spending that's gonna be tough so what i would simply say to all the organizations who get a subsidy or you're subsidizing make a plan to work without subsidies i don't care what you're gonna do but work it out the biggest companies who get subsidies are and then i say the theater the music center and pops location for concerts uh, and the local TV radio stations. And uh, the local TV station has two radio frequent, two radio stations, one TV station that they are running. So 
I would simply say to them, you're gonna go have to work without. That means for me, uh, it is possible. There are theaters who are working without subsidies in the Netherlands, so it should be possible for the Eindhoven also. And, and yes, I realize this means dramatical changes in programming, but that's fine. Uh, work without subsidies. The popo the, for the pop concerts, yes, why should the government own it? And I would try to make a deal with a company around the area who's gonna manage it without uh, subsidy. And optional simply buys it, keeps it on the maintenance, and is doing it without uh, government interference. So that's one thing. Uh, the music center, I would do the same thing, and that's located at an extremely expensive location. And I would go for the museum and say, well, get, you can have to do it with 10% less every year. Go make some money on somewhere else. And to the local radio, TV stage, local media company, I would say, well. Have fun, we're not gonna pay you an, a dime of subsidy, but you can do whatever you want. And if I look at the radio stay frequencies, it's a public broadcasting organization, so it should be different. They have a youth station, and you, you don't hear the difference with the national news, uh, with the national youth radio, or commercial. So I would simply shut down those operations, and focus on one radio station, and get that one properly out, and do something different. And from the frequency, well, get something out. There is plenty of things happening. On the side that the government need to raise revenue, uh, I would start talking with PSV. It's the local football team. It is, in my opinion, the only thing that unites Eindhoven. And a few years ago, the, the I think that's around five to ten years ago, the city of Eindhoven bought the training complex and the ground below the football stadium. Uh, I would try to make a deal to that they buy it back from you. The reason is easy, you will get almost 40 million in, if you are spending 50 million more, at least you are buying time to get the budget costs happening. Send, make a list of 5 to 10 gov uh, 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 bureaucrats who are working, and they are not getting a letter that they are no longer considered necessary employees. That means that if someone uh, uses violence against you, we are not filing a complaint with the police, we are doing nothing. It's your fault. And for those 5 to 10, there are a few positions that you need to have, like the person who is bringing at city council the papers, the, a few of those people. 5 to 10 people, the rest get that letter. That means that a lot of people will leave, and that's great, you don't have to pay them a fee that because they terminate a job. It's also great because if they get unemployed, it is their own fault, so you can simply kick them out. It's a cheap way to get it on. And I would say to all subsidy programs we're gonna cut you with 25 percent a year based on what we did a year this year so that means in four years the program is gone and make a plan and be open-minded i mean if the local tv station says yeah okay but that means that at night we're gonna broadcast adult mo adult, adult movies then it's fine by me uh, that would uh, if on that way you could save uh, almost half a million euros in uh, subsidies go ahead be my guest now the city of Eindhoven has ambition, they are talking about a high-speed railroad uh, towards Dusseldorf that should link the political capital of the Netherlands, The Hague, via Breda and Eindhoven to Dusseldorf, and I would simply say we are not gonna do it, not. The reason is easy, it costs you 10 billion a year, there's no train, and I would simply say go talking with the railroad, but say to railroad companies, I want to get a train, just a normal train, every hour. I want to get every hour a train from Eindhoven to Heerle to Aachen. It's really for the knowledge industry and the high-tech sector. 
a good the connection. I want to go. You know, I want you to make a train connection from Eindhoven to Venlo near the German border to Dusseldorf, and I want you to run a train also every hour from Eindhoven to Maastricht, which is the ultimate south south of the Netherlands, towards Liège, Brussels Airport, Brussels, and by that an hour every hour. I want to get one, and I want to get the first one going at six o'clock seven days a week, and get it going. I don't care how you do it. And get me a business plan and a project that's gonna work in your opinion and do it without a subsidy because we don't have the money and what I, I say it like this because first of all if you could get only one of the three working it would save you 10 billion and you would get the connection well that's the first that's the first starting point second point is that the what you see is that the politicians and the, the are talking well we need to have the railroad company to operate the, tr the track and to set up a line but you have the railroad company said from well we need the government to say we want this line and let me clear the track is there it's just a matter put a train on it and go sell the tickets i mean Dusseldorf has a few million people living there yeah i can see that i can see the benefits for the economy on the side of building more apartment more housing because there is a 50,000 housing shortage I will make it easy uh, Eindhoven is divided into three parts due to the rail tracks and make a put them on the ground and put on top of the ground the some apartment complexes just flats and those flats should finance the construction roads and I would not manage this from the government but I would go to property developers and banks and simply say can we make this deal can we get this working and then split uh, mix it all up into three pieces from an economic side Eindhoven is basically depending on its uh, heavy industry especially in the automotive fields uh, so that means that we have your doves they are making trucks we have VDL making buses and parts of trucks and buses and I would simply say that's good and you have lots of supply companies but on the high-tech sector it's mainly NXP a chip maker and ASML yeah that's it all this all the small companies in those fields are mainly supplying to it and to achieve what NXP did, which was basically just a Philips spin-off, and Philips bought a lot of companies, brought it together, and sold it, and ASML, which was also a Philips spin-off, and they did a really impressive thing because they are price-setting, they are dominant, and they are global, and they are dominant around the world. Easily said, they make the machines that you need to make chips. That's their business. Sorry, just a tea. And I want to I want to add a new segment because. You have more people uh, around Eindhoven, gardeners unemployed. Yeah, it's great that the company is doing well in the world. And if you can help them, great. But that is not going to help you get jobs for gardeners. So I would simply say that you need to get in Eindhoven, build the tourism sector more. And that could be done pretty easy. And what I would do then is go to PSV, the local football team, and try to make a deal, make it part of the ground deal. And simply make a deal that they're going to organize around Christmas a football tournament with four days at their football games and in the summer also a tournament and the tournament should be in Eindhoven and a major tournament and then I was thinking about for example get AS Monaco to play Hertha BSC and then get at PSV to the mix and get a team from Spain in Portugal Italy no matter where just get some get some football teams play a tournament and that's it get sell the tickets because if that's happening then at least the hotels are full and people are spending money and the full stadium is great the government 
by doing this, at, at least you're building demand for new hotels. You're gonna create companies who want to do it. And I would stop selling the lie, because it is just a lie, that Eindhoven Airport is important for the knowledge industry. It's not. I would simply say, shut it down and make a deal with Brussels Airport and Dusseldorf Airport that they're gonna hire 10,000 people from the Eindhoven area on an ongoing basis. So 10,000 people are gonna get a permanent job on those airports. And then simply split the air split their operations from all the airliners up to those airports. And they say it's an, uh, the airport is for the knowledge sector and it's a business airport. Well, try to fly to London City Airport from Eindhoven. It's not really gonna work. So with this, um, I only have to say to you what my Christmas meal was, and I will be clear what it was. Uh, yesterday we had a self-made pasta. So pasta with cheese, herb butter, uh, so that's garlic, herb butter, definitely. Garlic, onion, and tomato sauce. That's it. And today we have tuna steak with boiled beans, and that's it. And I will have a late snack. I will have one or two sweet potatoes. And tomorrow it's very likely, extremely likely, that we will have octopus on the barbecue. That was intended for today, but weather cold and basically we were too lazy to get the barbecue out and working. So there's no problem. Uh, let me know what you think about the show. Uh, tomorrow we also have an outlook, so don't forget to listen. And on the other side I would simply say I look forward to hearing back from you. Uh, leave a tweet, send a comment. Um, I'll talk to you tomorrow, and cheers!